0: It's good to be in the house of the Lord, and it's good to be with all of you. God is good, amen? Yeah. God is good. He's faithful, is he not? Yeah. No matter what, yeah. God is faithful. Yeah. No matter what you may be going through, you got to remember you serve the God that, who's on your side, yeah. the God of the armies. Yeah. He is the God of army, and you are the army rising up together in faith going forward. Yeah. He is the Lord of hosts. And there is nothing too difficult for those who believe. Amen. Amen. Nothing too difficult. Amen. Amen. So today I want to start off. I want to read our main text, which is 1 Samuel chapter 1, verses 20 through 28. 1 Samuel chapter 1, verses 20 through 28. We've been in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 1 recently. And there's so much there that I felt like we needed to stay there a little longer. Say, we're going to stay there a little longer. Because we're going we're to mine out all the treasures that are there. And there are so many. So, so many. So when we start in chapter 1, verse 20, and we're going to go to 28. Verse 20 says that so it came to pass in the process of time. Say there's a process of time. God's always on time. In my life, God is always on time. Amen. In my children's life, he's always on time. So it came to pass in the process of time that Hannah conceived. Say, Hannah conceived. She was carrying a promise. The promise of God within her. Are you carrying the promises of God within you? Absolutely 100%. So Hannah conceived. And she bore a son. And she called his name Samuel. Saying, because I have asked for him from the Lord because I asked God for this look at what God has done can you see a woman that was so so tender towards the spirit of the living God that she knew in confidence that because I asked my daddy God for this look at what I have because I asked my daddy God for this who has the confidence to know oh because I asked of him look at what he has done and if you say I don't know that just yet I can't say that confidently just yet well today is the day to ask for that today is the day to say Lord I want to know you like that I want to have that kind of confidence that I know that when I come before you in purity of heart that I can come before you with a consecrated heart and I know that when I ask for something good you are not trying to deny me of the goodness of the Lord God is not trying to deny you of the goodness of his heart. But God wants to lavish his heart towards you. So Hannah knew this. And she says, because I can hear her heart welling up within her. I can hear her heart welling up. Oh, see what I have? Because I asked the Lord for him. And so now the man Elkanah and all of his house went up to offer to the Lord yearly sacrifice and his vow but Hannah did not go up for she said to her husband not until the child is weaned and then I will take him that he may appear before the Lord and remain there forever the child that she asked for in bitterness of soul the child that she lamented and was misunderstood as being intoxicated this child uh, she says I'm not going up yet not until the child is weaned and she says then though I will make good on my promise then I will make good on the vow that he may enter before the Lord and remain there what a woman of strength what a what a person of of strength in Christ this was not an easy thing to say or do but she was gonna be a faithful person in Christ amen God is looking for our faithfulness so Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Do what seems best to you. Wait until you have weaned him. Not only, she, he says only, let the Lord establish his word. And then the woman stayed and nursed her son until she had weaned him. About three years go by and she finishes nursing her son. Three years. Three years. Those of you know that I have a grandbaby. And she's almost three years old. And I've had the privilege of of helping to raise her up. Three years seems like that. Three years. I've been meditating on Hannah, and this woman that made good to the vow that she said to the Lord. After three years of nurturing and bringing this child up, nursing this child, and then being so faithful to give this child back to the Lord, and only once a year would she see him, for about a week, and she would go once a year, and she would bring to him the robe, the coat, that she would make him, year after year, but only once a year. Do you know? That is not an easy thing to do. Do you know that there is a cost for ministry? There are so many that wanna rush into ministry. There is a cost to be paid. She was willing to pay it. That doesn't mean there wasn't a cost. There was a cost. God opened up her womb and that is true. And he opened up her womb again and again and again because she had three more sons and she had two more daughters. But you don't replace a child. Reminds me of the story of Job. Praise God. I'm so grateful. Thank you, Lord. You restored, you know, the 10 children that were taken. But you, you can't replace. Maybe you've restored. Thank you, Father. But God works all things together for good. That is true. But there is a cost, and there's a price that we pay in ministry. Ministry is service. Repeat that after me, please. Ministry is service. When I minister, if you're called to minister, you're called to serve. You're called to be the least. You're called to be the least. You're called to love extravagantly. You're called to love when it hurts and when it makes no sense. Because we don't operate or we shouldn't be operating by common sense when you're operating under the power of God's love. And he calls you to serve. That means laying down your life Jesus, and I feel the power of God so strongly right now. Father, corporately, I feel like we just need to come before you and confess and repent. When we thought it was about us. If there's anybody in this room, we're going to do it corporately. Nobody's going to be singled out. But, oh, God, forgive us when we thought ministry was more than what you said. When we made it about us, forgive us, God. Forgive us, Lord. When we forgot to love the unlovable, forgive us, God. When we forgot to lay our lives down and to allow you to have your perfect work in us, to be patient, forgive us, God. Forgive us, Lord. Yes, God. So we serve. We serve God. We serve man unto God, though. You're going to serve the man or woman that God has placed you under. But in reality, you're serving God. You're serving God through that person. You're serving God first and foremost. Because you may not be understood. You may not be liked. may feel like it's falling on deaf ears. But never forget, you're serving God in and through that person. Maybe a difficult person. Maybe they're rubbing you wrong. You're serving God in and through that person. Let the Lord complete his perfect work. In you and so Hannah she births this promise that she lamented for and asked God for but then she tended to the promise Saturday night I preached a message about tending to what you birthed whatever God has birthed in and through you that we are to tend to that right and what God is birthing in this church we are to tend to it and God is birthing things in this church and he's birthing ministry after ministry after ministry let me just tell you and I mean ministries that belong here I mean ministries that are gonna help build people up right here in this house and God is birthing things and you may not see it you may say what do you mean what are we talking about the birthing happens first in secret where you can't see the conception But in time, it becomes evident, and then it becomes so evident because you can see it with your eyes. But then that's when we tend to the promise. So God is birthing some things here in our midst, and we will be faithful to tend to what God births in and through us, right? So Hannah birthed this child. She tended to the child. She weaned him. She, she was nursing him, I'm sorry, excuse me. She nursed him. She tended to the child. And then she tended to the child by bringing the, the coat every year. She returned. Whatever God gives you, you will return it. In returning it, God will still cause you to work through it. If God calls you to preach... You give him that gift back. And as you return it back unto him, then he'll call you to move in and through the gift that is no longer in your hands, but is in his hands, but has been entrusted to you. No matter what God calls you to, you birth, you tend, you return. And as you return it, meaning, Lord, I do receive it in my heart but I give it back to you that I would be moved by the power of the Holy Spirit and not my own strength. Are we following, are we making, am I making sense today? It's really important. We don't go by, you're so gifted. You're so strong in that area because it's in our weakness that he makes us to be strong. That means when you don't think you can, as you're yielded to God, if he's called you to it, if you don't think you can, but yet he's called you to it, then in your weakness, he's gonna show you how strong he is through a yielded vessel. He will show himself strong through a yielded vessel. Because yes, he will get the glory that way. So I've just been in this story and I have just been in, oh, it's not like I've never read this before. It's not like I didn't know that Hannah gave Samuel back and gave him to Eli to the house of the Lord. Possibly because of my granddaughter and because she's about that age. But I've just been in it going, wow, wow, what a cost, what a price. Look at verse 24. Now when she had weaned him, now's the moment. Say there is a moment. There is a time and there's a place where God is gonna say, Remember what I spoke to you. Do you believe? And are you going to make good on the promise? So now when she had weaned him, she took him up with her and the three bulls, one ephah of flour and a skin of wine and brought him to the house of the Lord in Shiloh. And the child was young. The child was young. Yes, he was about three years old. He was young. And then they slaughtered a bull and they brought the child to Eli. And she said, Oh my Lord, as your soul lives my lord i am the woman i am that woman i am that woman who stood before you praying lamenting in bitterness of soul before the lord i am that woman he said she says to him and then verse 27 for this child i prayed for this very thing meant everything to me can you make it personal in your life right now for this child i prayed for this very thing i asked you of god remember Lord when I said oh because I asked the Lord for him look at what I have because I asked the Lord and I was so I was so glad I was so blessed I was so in awe look at what God gave me because I asked God for him so happy but here we move fast forward a few years later and now she says for this child I prayed and I was in I was overwhelmed in joy for God gave me the desire of my heart. And now it's been a few years and I've gone through turmoil, I've gone through joys and pains and and anticipating this moment and giving it to the Lord and anticipating the moment again and giving it to the Lord again. She was human. I'm quite sure she had a mix of emotions as she was getting close to this day. The Bible doesn't say, but I'm quite sure she was a human being. For this child I prayed, and the Lord has granted me my petition, which I asked of him. Praise you, Father. Therefore, I have also lent. Lent doesn't mean I'm just going to let you borrow him, Lord. You can have him for a little while. I'm just going to let you borrow him. Here you go, Lord. That's not what lent means. It means she gave him unconditionally in dedication to the Lord. So she gave Samuel, little Samuel, that's going to grow up to be prophet Samuel, a great, one of the greatest prophets, a man of God. She said, I will give him to the Lord unconditionally in dedication to you. Is that not an incredible, incredible story? What God has done and did through a vessel that was yielded and, and willing to be consecrated, willing to be consecrated. So serving the Lord, Hannah served God. Serving God is gonna cost. Now for Hannah, it cost, it cost having to give up her firstborn child that she really asked and prayed and lamented. And yes, God gave her more. And I believe that God, when we do, kind of like the unthinkable, like what people would say, it's kind of unthinkable, that's kind of, you know, but when we do what God has called us to do, there's a grace on our life to do it. Amen. Right? There's a Amen. grace on our life. That doesn't mean there's no pain, and it doesn't mean it's always easy. But there's a grace on our life to do the will of God. Yes. Amen. There's a grace on your life to do the will of God. So serving God, there is a price. Having ministry or a ministry, having a church, having a ministry, it's going to cost you. The Bible says we're to count the cost. The Bible says that a builder doesn't just go, and now let's just throw this thing up and see what happens. They assess. They, they think through. They consider. Way before applying themselves, they consider everything they need to consider. They count the cost. We are, too, to do the same. But when God says to move, you move. When God says to do, you do When God says not to do, we are not to do. When God says hold back, we are to hold back. There are many Saul's. When God said, I was looking for a David. There are many man-made ministries. When God said, I was looking for my spirit to breathe, not man's. Oh, you guys are not getting this. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? There are many Saul's, which was man's choice. Oh, he looks good. Sounds good. But it may not be good. It may not be God's choice. See, I see a lot of people just running into ministry. I just go, I want to do this, I want to do this. Has God asked you to do it? Has God asked you to do it? Because if he hasn't in that way, then you're actually going to open up a door of devastation. Has anybody ever told you this? When you don't pursue the will of God and you think you're pursuing what you want what you want. There's a big difference. When we pursue the will of God and we do what God has called us to do, of course there's a price to pay, but there's grace. God's grace is gonna cover you. Of course there are heartaches and miseries and troubles, but God's grace is sufficient. And because you're in the will, you're gonna see his goodness. You're gonna see his manifestation. You're gonna see his power. But if he hasn't called you to do it, then there could be unnecessary casualties of war. I see a lot of people saying, oh, I'm going to, what's my ministry? What's my ministry? And it's almost what happens is it creates a dissatisfaction within them. It creates a very dissatisfied person. Have you asked God if that's the route for you? Because maybe your ministry looks like this. If you love me, you'll obey me in serving me, in serving someone else's ministry. I'm going to read to you guys some scriptures, we're all called to serve. We are all called to serve. Amen. So let's turn to, yeah, I got a few amens there, hallelujah. Amen. We're all called to be servants, Mark ten forty-five. Even the son of man, even Jesus came not to be served, but to serve. And he gave his life as a ransom for many. Galatians 5:13. for you were called to freedom brothers only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh but through love serving one another what are we to do through love we're going to serve one another do you know that when you come to church that just the fact that you are sitting where you are at. Just the fact that you're part of our worship services. Do you know that you're serving God? Because that person that's next to you needs to know that you are here, because you belong here, because God has called you here as a family working together as one unit, do you know that part of your serving is right when you're sitting right there, you could be praying for the person next to you, and they don't even know you're praying, there you're not putting a hand on them, they have no clue that you're praying, but you're praying, why, because a family is a unit, a family lives together, they work together, they work through things that come up, and they will come up, But that's part of the growth process. See, in our culture, there's so many, um, this individualism where people don't have the sense so much of family. You guys know I'm 100% Italian. Family was ingrained in me. That is such an important value that my parents instilled in me. And I'm grateful that they did because I'll tell you, that is a value that this culture really needs to have put in them. The value of family. Now, I understand families nowadays, we've got all different kinds, and, and meaning that we've got divorced, and, and, and we've got, you know, but that's really never been, there's nothing new under the sun, it's just that we see more of it right now. But I, but I never underestimate your church as your family as well as your biological family. Because some don't have a biological family, and it's not of their choosing. They don't, various reasons. They just don't. But never underestimate that God has, He has, put this. This was God's idea. It's a covenant. Covenant of this church, a church, a family. It's a covenant. Like marriage is a covenant. But having a church family is a covenant before God. Because when you are in church, you are known and you know other people there's a sense of belonging do you know that gangs many times why people even join games is, gangs is because they have been so broken set aside lonely not fitting in anywhere feeling unloved and rejected and then here is this gang that says we'll accept you come on into our gang and what happens is they go into that gang and then later they realize it's an it's a family unit they really don't want to be in and some can never get back out depending on the game and so the church should be a family it should be a place where you are known where you belong and where you know other people when, when you come to, your, to a service I want you to have ownership Amen. Amen. I want you to have ownership you know what I mean by ownership I want you to identify, this is my position, this is my belonging. This is where I belong, this is where I have been called. I want you to have that sense of belonging. The enemy wants to keep you as this individual person that doesn't sense God's position and place. But that's the enemy's assignment. That's his will for you. Keep you isolated. You know why? When you go through the trials of life, who are you going to call? Who are you going to call? Yes, but we are to call one another as well for prayer. God has caused us to have people in our lives because we are not lone rangers. No man is an island. We are not called to be islands. Do you know what happened? Take the coronavirus, for instance. You had so many people that were so isolated. Of course, you call on the name of Jesus. How many? I even heard that the statistics for suicide at a certain point far it it surpassed the coronavirus deaths because it's the enemy's plan to isolate people, but it's God's plan to bring us together to become a family that learns how to work together. We We get to we get to we get to learn because we all have our differences, personalities, and such. But we get to learn how to honor God and serve one another. How to honor God and serve one another. So when you come, I want you to have a sense of identity, a sense of belonging, and a sense of commitment. Oh, did she say the C word? (laughs) In a world, come on, how many of you guys maybe even have kids that go, I'm afraid of commitment? And it's sad, but it's true. There's a lot of, the youth, you know, afraid of commitment, but we break that ugly thing, we break that thing, you know, they see, they see situations, and they go, oh, I don't want that, oh, I don't want that, you know, but we break this, that false spirit right now, it's a lie, because God is a God of commitment, is he not committed to us, did he not say, I am faithful, even when you're not faithful, he says, I'm faithful, even when you're not faithful, which means he's a committed God, And so if God is committed to us, shouldn't we be be committed to Him and to His his heart, which is gather, which is be a family, which is identify, identify with me as you gather together. Pray for one another. When you come, let's say you come early, we want you to feel like you are apart because you are. And maybe you come early and you can just start to pray start to worship, start to, start, start to release the glory of God in this place. Start to release the glory of God. It's not just the few three, the three that show up early and that's it, the special ones that can just pray and the rest, I've just got to sit here and wait for them to be done and wait for service to start. We encourage you to come and to come early. Come and to come early and be a part. Know that your place here is needed and it's valued. And. Some of you go, you know, and some I know you stay later. Praise God, stay, stay and help. You see people working, doing some things, ask. Hey, is there anything I can do to help? Do you know that you will feel like you belong when you actually put your hand to the plow? When you start, yeah, and you get healed. When you start putting your hand to the plow, you get, you belong and you get healed. But healing of all sorts of your soul, of your mind, and of your body. Why? Because when you are working together, that sense of unity and belonging starts to come about, and God says, Beloved, I desire that you be in health in all ways, right? And so what happens is is that you start to become in health in all ways, even as your soul prospers, you start to prosper, your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions. Do you know that just gathering together And being a family, that there is health when you're being godly, of course. There is health, there is nourishment, there is identity, there is belonging that starts to flow from one individual to another. That's why we get to be honoring towards one another. That's why it's a choice and it's something that, that you set your mind to do. Now, I'm saying all of this because Hannah, she gave birth to Samuel. And she was good. She commit she she went through and she was faithful to give him back to the Lord. Although I'm sure that was a very difficult thing to do. She did it. And it sounds like she did it wholeheartedly, because there's grace to do what God's called you to do. So there was a price, but she was doing what she was called to do. Thank you for joining us at Kathy Coppola International Ministries. For more information, please visit our website www.cathycapola.org or Mighty Wind Broadcasting Network TV at www.mwbn.tv.